This is the Polytechnicast. Hi everybody, I'm Rob Stenzinger and I'm doing some of these uh, journal posts where uh, it's less about the stuff I make and I'm actually trying to make stuff this month and, this, and that's, you know, to just make an attempt at exploring topics I've been meaning to blog about and get rough drafts out there and hear people's reactions and all that. And this is uh, um, sometimes the, the rough form I would I would use to um, to do my writing is I, I just do some recording. Uh, I mean, this is a classic approach. Um, you can uh, doing doing some sort of uh, dictation and you know, generating a thing, getting the ideas out of your head to then go back through and listen, take notes, maybe do more refined dictation or do um, you know speech to text or something where you know you get closer to um, a, a use a, a more refined form of the ideas so yeah these ideas are um, I th I hope there's there's some useful stuff um, they're definitely um, unrefined and uh, not too uh, there's not a lot of <laughs> drafts and re-performances re and all that stuff it's just you know take a couple notes and then then talk so yeah with all that um, all that context I am continuing my series of user experience posts uh, UX for all and this one is is thinking about like the overall um, laundry list or inventory of of the kind of artifacts that you might create the sort of um, think documents that you may use to express the ideas that that are um, about the systemic human-centered design practice of user experience saying hey we thought this stuff through here's what we've gathered or here's what I've gathered if you're if you're like the, the primary or solo um, person uh, wearing the user experience design hat for your project and this is what um, it's not like a um, a locked-in time series of do these things and then this order and this formula uh, you'll often start with something in hand something that maybe someone before you created or um, you'll you'll have a natural place to start among all these things but the intent of this recording is to just get a um, get a, a gist a simple overview where it's not just naming the things, but also like a, a, a basic you know, description of like what it is and what you might use it for and all that. So I just, without, more or less without any particular order, um, I think I just mentioned the word inventory. I think an inventory or an audit is a very, very useful thing where you just sort of list what do you have? What do you know right now? Uh, who are the people involved? Who are the tools? That are, or what are the tools that are involved? What's the what are the processes that are involved? Um, what what content exists already? What are the tasks involved in? And there's just a lot you can create lists. The lists are useful, and you can get reactions. That's one of the great things about making an audit um, of, of what's out there. One uh, one form that that can take into inventory or audit is a. Uh, is looking at the competitive landscape. You can list things, the competitors themselves, the uh, the things they make that are similar to what you 
have built, your team has built or wants to build or whatever. Um, that is helpful context to understand um, what kind of things you are facing and uh, what your audience has experienced already, potentially. Um, and the, the so, the, gosh, another inventory thing could be gathering existing feedback, gathering existing um, like app reviews is a is a common one or comments on articles or something like that where there's um, I mean that's that's something you can you can see and, and examine and, and it's real and you can it's not just about gathering an inventory of it but like get observations um, think about um, the kinds of um, behaviors that align with the things you're gathering of like the, if you're getting feedback where people are talking about your the app being too slow um, why why are they saying that what does that mean and um, maybe you have categories of, of reasons why they might think it's too slow and all of a sudden now you have some uh, a foothold on on useful questions to investigate further inventories are so useful for so many different things um, and it's it's it helps you unbox things that exist in a structured way um, add new thoughts to that and then now you can have interesting summaries and groupings and and just conversations with the people you're collaborating with so inventories are super powerful um, and then I, I'm skin and certainly um, using them to um, review and summarize things that like existing reviews and feedback and competitors uh, it just I could go on and on about them, uh, um, but this, the, the intent of this recording is to, to do an overview of, of artifacts or things you'd want to make to help you um, gather your thoughts about this overall, you know, the, the, the people and system that you're, you're, you're either working to create as part of a team or, or solo or to improve. All right, so uh, interviews and then summarizing the interviews in various ways. Uh, I like to use sort of a, a lightweight version of uh, grounded theory. So if I get a bunch of interview notes, I will um, make observations on those notes and then make observations on those observations. And then that creates sort of a, a, a structured summary of, of what could be just a large body of, 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 um, of, of unstructured text. And uh, you can get some, some structured quantitative observations on qualitative unstructured um, data very handy um, and then the, the other thing you can pull from interviews are quotes quotes are wonderful quotes are something you can look all over in the world for uh, I mentioned looking at existing reviews and feedback um, in a way like a review or, or a piece of feedback is kind of a self-interview so you weren't there to, to actually ask the questions but your people are sharing sharing their thoughts based on what they want to react to, and the, uh, another great place to uh, look for quotes. Um, quotes can often say so much about a person's um, um, idea, concern, needs, and um, it really, honestly, it, it humanizes the, the the data. Wonderful thing to find. Um, 
and honestly, so yeah, be opportunistic about finding quotes where whatever sort of form of, of um, artifact you're working with. Um, usage data and summarizing usage data, like what what exists, what's what's being um, interacted with, um, and in comparison of of some feature or some screen versus other screens, how does that look and why? Does that match your expectations? Why? Why not? Um, a handy way. Uh, let's see. And so you're asking why of yourself in that situation and why of the team, um, but then those give you, uh, it gives you ideas of, of things that you can reach out to your audience and ask, um, or things you might want to test further as far as, uh, as doing some usability tests. Um, so again, usage data comes from having some kind of instrumentation or measurement of, of people used this and something logged it and then something summarizes a log it's very like you'll, you'll encounter this a lot with well I mean Google Google Analytics is I think a lot of us you know can ha, can experience that pretty quickly easily and for free you know free being you're trading your data and giving it to Google and your, your audience's behavior and all that stuff but nothing's free uh, worth uh, considering every tool you use uh, but that's a side side uh, side uh, topic yeah, continuing on um, my list here that I wrote of, of different artifacts you might want to consider making. Um, goals and personas and journeys annotated in a few layers. So it's that's kind of a whole grouping of different sorts of um, artifacts that really help one another and I do think create sort of the, the structured um, I, I don't know, maybe in, in a way that's it's like the, it's the data story of, of what, uh, of what you're trying to make. It's like, okay, the business, why are, why are we, why are we make, we making this? What kind of outcomes do we want to see? Uh, our audience, what kind of things do they, um, want to see and how do they, uh, how do they need to see them and all that? That's, um, where you're, it's really good to, you know, bundle that up into goals and personas. In a way, goals for goals of the business are like another persona. It's the business person or, or teams or whoever involved um, in in this in the system, as far as maybe in a primary role or or what have you. And then of course, yeah, personas. I mean, they could exist in a variety of audiences. They they can of course uh, come from the, the the sort of end user audience. The um, the ones who are uh, primarily served or even secondarily served by the thing you're making uh, and putting out into the world. Uh, the journey being like things and events that happen over time and then adding layers to the journey because you can look at, well, what happens inside the business and what happens outside the business and what happens for for this persona versus another persona and thinking of these those events as, I mean, there's almost like potential um, parallel stories, right? Think about um, a lot of stories don't have necessarily um, one, I mean, I guess there's one overall narrative, everything weaves together, but you're telling this, the um, like a flow of events for multiple characters. And uh, yeah, so we're, I think we can, we can see examples of how, like, okay, Lord of the Rings is a really um, clear example of that. You have um, 
a combination of like, well, what are the antagonists doing? What are the protagonists doing? There's a bunch of different protagonists. And all this stuff is happening in parallel over time. But then you can add other layers to it of like, where is the most tension or the least tension? Um, where are things going well or could they go better? And now you can sort of focus in on like, what part of that story do you want to um, build new things to test? And uh, and that's, that brings me to having like a minimum viable product story. That uh, buzzwords, buzzwords, buzzwords all over the place, uh, just functionally. Having a hypothesis that's informed by three perspectives is a very handy thing. Ha and, and so that's you know, taking a look at like what is feasible here? What can you build based on like your, your current skills and what you're good at and all that? Um, what's desirable? What does your audience need? Um, that's, that's a really handy perspective, right? So it's feasibility, desirability, and then viability. It's like what, what's affordable to build? What, what's, what's attractive from a business standpoint? Um, as far as what's smart to build, that's, that's profitable. And, um, and, and then you weave those together in, in sort of like a, the, an overall, um, uh, in a way, it's like a triangulated hypothesis. I don't know. It's like I'm, I'm sort of generating buzzwords here, but it's, it's a multiple pr perspectives strengthen the concept. And that typically needs to come from multiple, you know, multiple experts and, and people who deeply care about these different things and have um, have their own their own data and experience to back up a desirability feasibility and viability hypothesis but then taking that and and summarizing it as a pitch and a story so you can divide that up into a bunch of deliverables or you know deliverables uh <laughs> stuff people pay you to hand them whatever um which is a fine fine idea fine concept but again we can get distracted you, you, it's, a, it's a word that I think has a lot of potential weight and distraction. Um, so honestly, what is an expression of the design that is useful to the team? There you go. So that, that, that could be an artifact or a deliverable. Um, and so that could be four different artifacts, the story, the desirability, hypothesis, feasibility, and viability, et cetera. Um, let's see. What, what other uh, useful things could you make to help? Honestly, like, like clarify something that's, uh, that's potentially very complex. I, I, I posted earlier, it's um, a few episodes back about the, um, the hidden complexity, the underlying complexity of these, these systems that is, are, is very easy to, to just you know, glaze over. And, and you don't, it's, this, all this is pretty optional. You can just um, rock on and use your assumptions and do stuff. Nothing, I guess, um, inherently, no, I, I can't endorse that. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's, I think you're always going to be better served by thinking it through a bit. And all these different artifacts and, and, and uh, things you can build and, and, and do can help, um, help you understand more what's happening and who you're affecting what you could do to affect it best and have an informed perspective that says, well, I believe this because of that. What do you think? And then, and you can have very useful conversations as opposed to um, clashes of opinion only. You're, you'll end up doing that too. You've got opinions, everyone's got opinions. And um, hopefully having, the, having these, this, this sort of st uh, structured approach to navigating 
uh, creating a, a useful understanding, a, an approachable one that everyone can participate in that chooses to. It's um, that's the use of this. I guess taking that pause, it, I mean, I'm just reacting to my own list, saying like, "Gosh, this sounds like a lot to do," and it and it really can be. It depends on how complex a thing you're building, and how much uh, um, you're choosing to dig into to research to try to um, try to make that thing better or to make that new thing. A few other things um, you can have is is um, uh, as you're working along, you're prototyping, you can. Uh, you do some usability tests on that, put it in front of people and, and get their reactions. But you can, maybe, you don't have to prototype something because there could be existing products that you made or other people made and you can do some usability testing on those. Yeah, you're, you're working on inventing and doing new things, but being informed by where things currently are, um, I mean, if you're, I don't know, if you're making like a new, a uh, little hiccup there, excuse me, um, uh, like a, a computer input device, like a, like a like a really big mouse, um, maybe you can find the biggest mouse in the market and test it and get some ideas um, to to inform what you do next. Um, usability testing is is you know it's not testing the people it's testing the design and fitness of a thing to accomplish tasks. So that's a whole giant topic in and of itself. I mentioned it a few times during this series. Um, but the idea there to just hang a lampshade on it, really put a spotlight, you don't have to build a thing to get to do some usability. You can, you can have some questions that you want to explore and use an existing thing to go test and learn about it. Could be an existing app, website, product, whatever. Um, you, can, you can get learning quickly. Um, that's, uh, and, and, and having that data coming from the audience themselves, their actions, their voices, and the things that you gather and learn. So, of course, it's not just, well, we did a usability study. You need to um, take the data you gather from that and then summarize it and report it. And um, probably put some, some of your, um, your perspective in, in also some recommendations as far as what you would do next. Um, that can be very handy. So again, you can think of that as multiple things to deliver, multiple artifacts, but it overall ser uh, serves this, this, uh, uh, this learning activity of saying, we're going to do some usability testing to get more informed. All right, and then uh, there's kind of like the blueprint bundle, um, which, which tends to be a combination of the uh, conceptual structure of, of, um, of that system, tool, app, product, um, you're, you're, you're thinking of like the, the um, information architecture, what sort of concepts are presented in what order and how are they grouped. Um, so you think about like screens, actions on screens, that kind of thing. And then you can work that into some flows like sequences and think, of, think that through um, like you can find errors in your logic just by mapping it out. And then you can um, express those flows as wireframes or some sort of either really basic um, arrangements of um, stuff to be presented to users in some form of an interface, like what should be there to accomplish what task. And so when you're doing that, you understand pretty deeply like why it's here, you know, when and how. And you, you've, um, you have a rationale for all the different screens and what, what's on the screen and all that. 
And that's, again, like this kind of thing that people can participate in. It's not just looking at, oh, there's boxes here and there's labels. Um, I don't understand or I disagree. And that's fine because you will learn a lot based on presenting what you share and, and um, getting the reactions from, the, from, from teams. But that, that's kind of a bundle. of, uh, And then the bundle can be sort of really more very um, lightweight blueprint Right, so like that's almost like misusing the metaphor of blueprint because blueprints get pretty darn detailed as far as when they describe an actual building. But um, you know, if you if you think about it as sort of a, a sketch of um, a doodle of of the rooms and that kind of thing in a blueprint, it's you know you could go from that as a wireframe that's pretty darn valuable, can help um, help uh, bring together the um, different perspectives on a team to to agree or critique or evolve or refine these ideas, and that, that that's a useful thing. All the way up for, to, you know, from the a more conceptual presentation up through something that's a lot more a lot more concrete and refined, and it, and it sort of is a, a visual design. It looks a lot like what the thing would finally look like in the real world, whether it's digital or physical. All right, that's a that's a big list, laundry list of, of kinds of the, the kinds of artifacts that you might create. It is not exhaustive. There are way more artifacts. These are the core ones that I, I feel come up a lot for me on projects. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something there, but uh, but that's you know that's the idea is to just get this these draft thoughts out, um, and that that I might uh, refine and turn into other articles in the future. But again, like wherever you're at in your journey of doing some some sort of user-centered systemic design uh maybe this list will help you if if, if um, you know there's some some aspect you're, you're thinking that you can act on to get more clarity and um you know help help the whole collaboration in deciding stuff with that thing you're making or improving so okay again i'm so i'm rob stenzinger and uh i'm a ux designer and game designer and uh, this is the Polytechnic Cast, my journal, and sometimes where I also just get ideas out in the world. Uh, I'm doing this in part in November because of Art Sound Off. That's a creative challenge that uh, my friend and I, so Jersey Droz, uh, we created to challenge ourselves and invite anyone else who wants to jump in and do this sort of audio journaling thing. And whether you're interested in doing that publicly or privately, super cool. We've got a lot of uh, ideas, tools, and prompts for you at artsoundoff.com. And uh, you can check out the hashtag on Twitter, artsoundoff, and see things that people have posted this year and in years past. This is the fifth year of artsoundoff. A lot of interesting things out there and um, really, really, really fun to see. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'll see you out there. Either way, thanks, uh, thanks for downloading this, and thank you very much for listening.